this morning we are in week 25. Next week will be at a half a year mark of our Elevate series. No, no way did I think this was going to last uh, uh, for, for, for six months. I remember Austin uh, a while back when he was pre- preached for me in April. He said, are we still going to do Elevate? And I said, yeah, there's a few more. And then I know he preached for me a while, a few weeks ago, and he goes, Are we, do you think we're still going to be in the Elevate series by then? And I said, yeah, I think so. We have a, a few more uh, topics God has placed on my heart, and a few more, and a few more, and a few more, and here we are today in week 25. And this morning, we're going to be talking about Elevate Breakthrough. Someone say Breakthrough. breakthrough. Elevate Breakthrough. If you missed it last week, we, we looked at Elevate Reset. We looked at the life of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. And if you missed it, go back, listen to it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, uh, Periscope, on our podcast, wherever it may be. And there was three things we saw that Elijah needed. He needed to reset his, his purpose. He needed to reset his commitment and then reset the promise. Reset the promise. We all need resets. And this morning, I want to take a look at Elevate Breakthrough. Who needs a breakthrough today? I tell you what, I need a breakthrough. There's things in my life I need a breakthrough on. And I think we all need a breakthrough in some capacity or some sort of, some form in our lives. We need a breakthrough, whether it be a big breakthrough, a small breakthrough. We need a breakthrough in our lives. Last week, we finished that looking at resets the promise. And I said the promises in God's word are what? They're, they're, they've been there, right? They are the same, and, and we need to stop. What we need to stop doing is looking for new promises. We need to stop reinventing promises and really just see the promise in his word, amen? I believe every word, every character, every situation was placed in the Bible. It was written in the Bible, not just to be written there, but it was written there with a purpose and a plan for us today, And I'm here to tell you what we need to stop doing is we need to stop trying to reinvent the Bible. We need to stop reinventing scripture. I think about this. This week I was um, searching for a a new bench routine and I was Googling and and, and what what bench routine would be best when you work out, bench press, right? And I was searching it and I was looking at, at what people were saying in blogs and things that have worked for them. And I've looked at what they were saying that have worked for them and many others. There's science behind it. There's a reason why they were doing a certain thing. And as I started looking at it, I've already started making plans to readjust or reinvent what they've already been said that works. Why can't we just listen and say, listen, it has worked for them. It should work for me. Let me try it out. Instead of reinventing something, a proven record, a proven history that works, why do we try to reinvent it? If it worked for others, if it worked for you, why would I change it? But you know, we do the same thing with the Bible. We do the same thing with Scripture and we try to go on the unbeaten path instead of the proven path. We don't, we don't walk the proven path that's already been walked prior to us. This morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16 and looking at verse 16. And we'll see the story of Paul and Silas in the prison. And we study Paul and Silas and, and they give us details and insight of what worked for them in the scripture. But the issue is, is we try to overcomplicate the scripture. Or we, we water it down so much that it, 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 it's, it's worthless. You know, we, we, we water it down 
or we try to put our own spin and on our own ideals on it. And what happens is we overcomplicate the simplicity of the gospel. And I don't think that's what God intended us to do. That's not what he written his word for, for us to do. It was placed on paper for us today, for us to study for us to learn, for us to receive insight and wisdom. If it worked for Paul and Silas, if they received a breakthrough, if Paul and Silas received a breakthrough, why would we reinvent the wheel or try to reinvent scripture? Let's do what they have done because it's what a proven success because if they receive breakthrough, guess what? We can receive breakthrough using that same recipe that's been a proven success before, amen? They, 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 they had a breakthrough out of prison, it was, it was, it worked, but we tried to reinvent God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why do we try to reinvent God today? Why do we reinvent God today? Paul and Silas received a breakthrough. And I want this morning, I want us to take, there's five areas or five things, five takeaways, let's call it, five takeaways this morning that we can take from their life and apply it to ours, because if they receive breakthrough, guess what? Breakthroughs for you and I this morning, amen? amen. The first thing before diving our to a scripture, and we got to get to the heart of things, the breakthrough starts, it starts at our relationship. Someone say relationship. relationship. Something that we've been talking about uh, uh, pretty, pretty heavy during this Elevate series, and, and, and we've said it for a while now, is it's about the relationship. It's not about the religion. It's not about Christianity. Christianity is the religion. Mine is the relationship with Jesus, amen? That's what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to a religion. A religion is rituals, doing this, say that, chant this 15 times, and you're forgiven of your sins. It's not about the religion. It's about the relationship. The relationship is the foundation. Our relationship with God is the foundation of our breakthrough. You want a breakthrough? Then we got to get down to the nitty gritty. And it comes and starts out with the foundation. And it starts out with our relationship with God. Without the relationship, the remainder of what we're going to be talking about today is worthless. Because you won't be able to do it if you can't do the relationship. The other four things are out of the question. It starts out with a relationship. Let's go back to Paul and Silas for a minute. Looking at chapter 16, verse 9, we see that, that one day God spoke through a vision he gave to Paul. And in, 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 in verse 9 says this, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia and northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave from Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So Paul, what was Paul? He was obedient to God's word. He hopped in the boat, went down to Macedonia. We see that he arrived at the city Philippi, which was one of the larger cities in Macedonia. And we have to remember that Paul went to Philippi. He went to Macedonia. Why? Because he wanted to know because God told him to go. God told him to go. And so he hopped on the boat and he went to Philippi. That's where we pick up our scripture text today in verse 16. It says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. We all know money speaks. She earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. 
This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Instantly it left her. Verse 19, that her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Let's get this right for a moment. Paul was obedient to God. He did what God asked him to do. He went to Philippi. We see between verse 10 and verse 16, we see the story of Lydia. And we see that that lives were being impacted. We see that people were accepting of the gospel. People were being baptized. We see that without all, throughout Paul's ministry. Wherever he went, lives were being impacted. And then in verse 16, where we just read, we saw this demonic girl, this demon-possessed girl was was following around Paul and Silas, giving them free advertisement that they did not want. And finally, finally, Paul had enough of it. And in the authority invested by Jesus Christ, he what? He, he, He casted out the demon from her, right? And then all went downhill from there. Her masters were upset because the wealth they were going to lose. Paul and Silas were dragged before the authorities, a quick mob formed, and the city officials stripped them, they beat them, and they thrown them into prison. Prison guard was ordered for them, for, for him to stand and guard them, and so that prison guard took him to the inner prison, which is what the dungeon, threw him in there in shackles, and stood there and watched over them. Think about this. They did what God told them to do, and they still experienced a lot of pain. The relationship with God did not exempt them from troubles and pain. Your relationship with God does not exempt you from troubles and pain. However, our relationship with God will do two things. One, it will make that trouble and pain a little easier because we know where our hope and our, 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 our um, trust is, right? It's in, in, in God. The second it will do is it will be the foundation to a breakthrough. It's the foundation to the breakthrough. Breakthrough doesn't happen because God is a good God. God is a great God, Amen. Breakthrough happens because of our relationship with God. I want you to look at many of the the, the big Bible stories we see throughout the Bible. You look at somebody like David and Goliath, and you're like, David conquered Goliath. That was huge. And we always look at David and Goliath uh, in that story. But you know where it started at? The foundation started out with a relationship with God. Look at Daniel and the lions. Then we're always saying, man, Daniel shut the mouth of the lion. No, the mouth of the lion was shut years before that when he had a relationship. The foundation was the relationship 
with God. You look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fire, and how were they able to survive the fire? It's because they had the relationship prior to the fire, amen? That's where it starts out. When you look at Paul and Silas and how they had a breakthrough, they had a breakthrough, literally a breakthrough out of prison. Where did it start at? It started out with a relationship with God. That's the foundation. If the foundation is messed up, guess what? You have a jacked up house. You have a jacked up a house this week or the last three weeks, which felt like the eternity. I was tearing out my floors and my brother-in-law was helping me out and, and we had to do the patch coat over uh, the, the, the cement to patch all the holes. And then we put the glue down and then the vinyl down. And he said, listen, if you don't get this right, if the foundation isn't right, the rest of the floor is all jacked up. It's jacked up. If our relationship with God is not right, forget the breakthrough. You can forget the breakthrough. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to go here anyways. I see things on social media all the time that says God got you. God doesn't got you unless you got God. Amen? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. There's other things that say God won't give you more than you can handle. First of all, that's not even in the Bible. Second of all, it doesn't matter because you don't got God. You don't have a relationship with God if you can forget about the breakthrough because the breakthrough won't happen without the foundation in place. You can't build the house without a foundation. You can't do the rest of stuff that Paul and Silas did if it doesn't have a foundation. We always talk about David and Goliath and all these other things. Oh, I'm going to conquer the Goliath. Yeah, but where's your foundation at? If you don't got no foundation, forget about the conquering Goliath. Amen? Without the relationship, there is no breakthrough. Everybody, all those great patriarchs of the Bible, all of them, it all started out with that they had a relationship with God. Amen? Verse 25, we're going to remember verse 25 after we're done with this because we're going to break this down over the next three points. Verse 25 says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the change of every prisoner fell off. It's amazing. It was shaken down to the foundation, right? Because when, you, when things are not built right, you got to shake it back down to the foundation to build it back up, amen? And that's when breakthrough happens. Sometimes you got to break it down to build it back up. It was shaken down to the foundation, Praise God. Verse 27 said, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for light and ran to the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The second thing, the second idea behind breakthrough is breakthrough is a result of being faithful and focused. Someone say faithful and focused. Faithful and focused. Without a relationship, what are you faithful on and what are you focused on? Because if you don't have the foundation, the relationship, you're faithful and focused on all the wrong thing. I shared this point a few months ago. I don't know if you remember faithful and focused, but this week, actually two weeks ago, it, it, it came back to me and ministered back to me. And so I'm ministering it to you this morning. I shared it with my wife a few weeks ago, and I said, this is what we got to do. We got to stay faithful, and we got to stay focused. We got to stay focused. Paul and Silas remained what? Faithful, and they remained focused, right? They stayed faithful to God, 
They stayed focused on God. Their faith and focus never wavered. Amen? See, we don't see, we don't see Paul on Silas say, you know what, you know what, Lord? I, I, I need a timeout. You don't see that. We see that they were stripped of their clothes. They were beaten. They were sitting in a cold, dark dungeon, chained up on the floor. But where are their thoughts at? On God. It was midnight. They should have been asleep from the day that they had. But they didn't want to sleep. You know why they didn't want to sleep? Because they were too what? Focused. They were too focused. They didn't want to take some time off because they were too what? Faithful. They were focused and faithful. You see, a lot of times, if we were put in this, uh, this scenario, we would have been upset. And say, God, why did you take me to Philippi for me to minister, for me to end up in the prison cell? Why? You know what, Lord? You know what? This ain't going to work out. We need to have a little 48-hour timeout from each other, and we need to have a, a little reset. We need to, 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 you know what, spend some time away from each other because, you know what? I don't know if I can trust you, Lord. And we would complain, and we would whine, but they did not because they were faithful, and they were focused on God. And I imagine you sitting there in the prison cell. I imagine their wounds hurt. Imagine they sat there on the cold, dark floor. And I know, you know, when you have an open wound, they, they didn't beat you and then fix you later. They beat you and threw you into prison, blood and all. You had your cuts open. I imagine sitting there in the dungeon floor, had bugs and flies and gnats and whatever else on, on all your scars and all your open wounds that, that, that you had all over your body. Imagine they sat there exhausted from, from what happened that day. And any one of us, including myself, would want to what? Give up. I've had enough. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. But not Paul and Silas. They remained faithful and focused. See, we, 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 we want a breakthrough. We sung about breakthrough earlier, right? We want a breakthrough. We pray about our breakthrough. We seek after the Lord for a breakthrough but are we willing to stay focused and faithful through it all? That's important. Are we willing to stay faithful and focused? Let me tell you, church, there's a lot of distractions out there right now. It's not time to be distracted. It's not time to feel overwhelmed. It's not time to give up or give in. It's not time to quit. It's time to stand our ground, and it's time to remain what? Faithful and what? Focused. Faithful and focused. Amen? It's time to stand our ground. Breakthrough is the result of staying faithful and focused. Again, I think of someone like, like, like Joseph, who had dreams of, uh, 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 that God gave him, that God was going to use him in mighty ways, sold off by his brothers. Him, he himself ended up in prison because uh, they, the Potiphar's wife accused him of rape. Through it all, through every obstacle that he faced, he remained faithful and focused. And we see God use him in a mighty way, just like God said he was. But imagine if Joseph wasn't faithful and focused. Imagine if he quit, he would have never been used mightily by God. Think about David, who was anointed king as a kid. Served under Saul for years. Saul tried to kill him multiple times. And David remained faithful and focused. We know the story. 
God used David in a mighty way, so mighty that the lineage of David was Jesus Christ. Imagine if he didn't stay faithful and focused. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I, I love the story, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, you're going to bow down. I'm going to throw you into the final fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, listen, listen, king, that's all great, but you know what? We're going to be thrown into that fiery furnace, and they said, listen, if we're thrown in there, God's going to save us, and I love this part of the story. They said, you know what? If God doesn't save us, it doesn't matter because God is still God. I'm not going to bow down to you. What is that called? Faithful and focused. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. Remain faithful and focused on God because it doesn't matter if God breaks through or he doesn't, if God saves us or he doesn't, if God heals us, if he doesn't, if he provides me for finances or he doesn't, God is still God. I'm going to serve him because I'm going to remain faithful and focused. Amen? All of those men remain faithful and focused. We can go on and on and on. And we must do the same. Breakthrough does not come when you give up. Breakthrough comes when you remain focused and faithful. Third aspect of breakthrough found in, again, verse 25. We're going to go back to this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Breakthrough is the result of prayer, not protest. Prayer, not protest. So where it gets good, church. Follow along with me this morning. It's why we have to have a foundational with God, a foundation with God, a relationship with God, I should say. As Christians, when we encounter issues, how many of us go straight to prayer? I like to say I, I, I do, but I'm the first one to say I don't. I want to look good and say, yeah, that's, that's me. I, you know, as soon as I run into a problem, I say, I'm stopping here. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to protest. No, no, I, 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 I don't because I'm human like the rest of us, right? We get there eventually in prayer, but we protest before we pray. We've all seen kinds of, all kinds of protests over these past few months, and we have an idea of, of what a protest is. But you know we've prote- protested God frequently. Now, I've never been involved in a protest, but yeah, I have, because I protested God. You know what protest means? The definition of protest means a statement or action expressing disapproval of or object- objection to something. Who's objected God in here? I've objected God in here. And so in reality, I've protested God. We all have expressed disapproval or have rejected God in our lives. How easy is it for us to turn to protest instead of prayer? For Paul and Silas, it would have been easy. They sat in prison, bruised, beaten, bleeding. But here's the key. Around midnight, they started what? What does the scripture say? They started what? Praying. They started out with praying. Now was not the time to sleep. It was midnight. But instead of resting, instead of going to sleep, they began to pray. How easy, because some of us have done it. I think a lot of us have done it. How easy would it have been for them to cry themselves to sleep? How easy it would have been to, to, to wallow in their pain. 
How easy would it have been to, to be you know, sitting there and complain that here I am in shackles. And you know what, Lord, I was just doing your will. I'm, I'm a good guy. I don't understand why this happened. And protest against God. Could have protested that God left them, that God had forsaken them, that God wasn't with them. Because if God was with them, this would never happen. We've all said that. Right? We all have cried out, why God? Why me? Why the situation? And we're not asking it like in a questioning God. It's a complaining to God. It's a protest to God. It's a rejection of God. Why do I have to be put in this situation? Why did that happen to me? What happens is we end up fighting God and we end up protesting God. Because we vocal our disapproval or rejection. Remember, protest, disapproval, vocal your disapproval or rejection. So we protest God. What needs to happen is we need to stop protesting God. Again, rejecting God, objecting to God, and we need to start praying to God. Look what James writes in James 5.13. He says, are any of you suffering hardships? Anyone suffering hardships today? Right? I think we all are, right? Collectively, we all need to raise our hand. If individually you may or may not, if you've been dealing with the hardships, what did James says? Finish it out for me. It says you should what? You should complain? You should pray. He said you should pray. Are you suffering hardship? Great. Go before the Father in prayer. Stop protesting him. But we protest more than we pray, church. It doesn't say sit back in our worries. It doesn't say look at the past and where we lived at six months ago or eight months ago or 12 months ago or two years ago. It didn't say look how life was. It didn't say stop. Uh, we need to stop objecting and disapproving where God has us at. Instead, we should what? Pray. Look at Paul. Paul, who's living this out in Scripture, writes, right? Because Luke wrote Acts. This is what Paul writes. Paul lived it out in, in Acts. He's writing in Romans. He says, rejoice in our, in, in, in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on what? Praying. Patient, patient in trouble. I mean, no, no, no one likes that P word. Patient in trouble. Patient in pandemic. Patient at COVID. Patient in 2020, Right? We're looking at the finish line in 2021 like, man, it needs to get better, right? Patience, it says, and keep on praying. Paul also writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he says, never stop praying. Don't stop praying. Prayer, you know, prayer never ceases, right? Paul is telling us in our troubles, you should do what? Continue to pray. Start praying and stop complaining. We've done a lot of complaining, church. We've done a lot of complaining. Churches aren't open, right? And we complain about that churches not being open. You know, we can't do this and we can't do that. And we look at all the things we can't do or we had or uh, how, how, what, what, what the death toll is and the sickness rate is and all these things going on. And what we end up doing is instead of praying, we're complaining. And the world needs us more than ever to pray. Not protest God, to pray. 
We've thought about it. We complain more than we pray. And that's an issue. And I've done it. I've done it. Paul lived these scriptures out. And you know what he experienced? He experienced breakthrough. He experienced breakthrough. Not just good sayings, they're keys written in the Bible for us to apply to our lives to live by. Amen. Going back to verse 25, I told you we're going to read it two more times. Now and another time. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were what? What were they doing? Praying. Praying, and they were what? Singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Fourth key on breakthrough is it's the result of praise, not pout. It's the result of praising, not pouting. This is powerful. It all starts out with having a relationship with God. That's our foundation. Then we got to stay faithful and focused. If we can remain faithful and focused, then we can move into prayer instead of protest. When we are in prayer instead of protest, we can go ahead and start praising instead of pouting. You see how this transitions in, but it all starts out with the foundation. Amen? Praise instead of protest. See, you and I can be a Paul and Silas. Pick one. I don't care which one you pick. Pick one. Don't pick none. C is not an answer. None. None of the above. No, it's an A or B, right? Pick A or B. Let's, be, let's be, have a positive role model, right? Let's, let's, let's drop everything else, all the other role models, and let's pick A or B. Paul or Silas, which one do you want to be, right? But only a few of us praise, and most of us pout. Let's be real. Few of us pray. Most of us pout. But we have the option and opportunity to turn our pout into praise. Amen? At midnight, at midnight, the kids were playing in the pool in my backyard. I thought my dog was going to go nuts all night long. It was close to midnight. I was ready to go to bed. At midnight, they were ready to go to bed after being beaten and bruised all day long. At midnight, they were ready to get their tambourines out and their guitars and the drums and everything else, and they were ready to start praising. They were going to have a praise band. They were have a praise concert at midnight in the prison. I like those acoustics, Austin, right? <laughs> in the prison walls, right? They were having a praise. They were praising God at midnight in the dungeon they are in a dungeon and they begin to praise they were tired how many of us are tired this morning they were beaten they were bruised and through it all they begin to praise they were in pain and they begin to praise every feeling that you and i would felt of felt they lived it because it actually happened to their physical body Every feeling you would have felt, they lived it, and they continued to praise. They were humans like us. They had a a chance to pout. It was their right to pout, like it was our right to pout, but they chose to praise. In the midst of their storm, they began to praise God. They didn't wait for their release party to praise God. Amen? Amen. They didn't wait for their sores to heal to start praising God. They they didn't wait 
for, for God to work on their behalf so they used to start praising God. They didn't wait till they were released from prison to start praising God right in the middle of their situation, right in the middle of the night, right in the middle of them being exhausted, right in the middle of their pain and agony. What did they start doing? They started praising God. They did not wait for God to work on their behalf. They started praising him before he worked. Amen. Are we getting this? Start praising before. You see, we always want to say, well, Lord, I'll praise you if you do this. God's not negotiating with you. We start praising now. You know what praise starts? It starts in the middle of, of quarantine. Amen? I got nothing to praise for. Oh, yeah, you do. You got a heartbeat today, you got air in your lungs, your lungs are good and they're COVID-free, amen. You better start praising him, amen. In the middle of a pandemic, yeah, you know what, start praising him. In the middle of financial chaos, yeah, you know what, start praising him. In the middle of health issues, yeah, start praising him. In the middle of your storm, start praising him. In the middle of your pain, start praising him. In the middle of your sickness, start praising him. In the middle of your hurt, start praising him. We got to start praising him. David says it best in Psalms 34, 1. He says, I will praise the Lord at what? All times. He said, I will constantly speak his praises. David had a heartache and issue. David lost children. David had an affair. David was not a perfect person, but through it all, he was praising God, amen? And God used him in a miraculous way. Back to Paul's writing in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, we put conditions on our praise. I don't know where that comes from. That's not biblical. If you do this for me, God, then I'll do this for you. No. Mm-mm. I'll tell you this. Paul and Silas knew a, th- a thing or two about God. Would you all agree? They knew God. And they knew how God worked. And so in the midst of the prison experience, they started praying and praising God. So again, if it worked for them, We're no different. Amen? Praise regardless of your situation. Because we've been pouting for way too long, and it's time to start praising God. You might say, you know what, Pastor? You don't know my situation. You don't know where I came from. You don't know what I got. You don't know what health issues I'm dealing with, financial issues. You don't know exactly what's going on in my life, and it's hard for me to praise God. Well, you know what? Have you been beaten, bruised, locked up, put in prison? No. Okay, but they did it. And they still praise God. Everything gone from them, and they still praise God. Physical elements, they still praise God. Financial, forget about financial at that point. They had nothing. No, don't fall back. They had no stimulus checks coming. They had no unemployment. They had nothing, and they still praised God. So I don't know what you're going through, but I do know that one thing's for certain. If it worked for Paul and Silas, it's going to work for us. We've got to start praising God. Amen? Verse 25 again. My last point says this, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and, and they were what? Singing, okay? 
hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Someone else's breakthrough hinges on your breakthrough. Someone else's breakthrough hinges on your breakthrough. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to, I'm going to put pressure on you this morning. Your breakthrough will impact someone else's breakthrough. Paul and Silas started praying and they started praising. They were sitting in an inner cell in the dungeon, right? And the word says, as Paul and Silas started praying, the others, what were the others doing? They were listening. They were listening, amen? Let me tell you this. Others are listening. Others are listening. Your friends are listening. Your family, even though it seems like they ain't listening, they're listening. Amen? They're listening. Your neighbors are listening. Your coworkers are listening. How you live your life will affect those around you. The Bible tells us that there's power in life and death in the tongue. Amen? See, the focus in the scripture is Paul and Silas. But you know what? There's another focal point in the scripture. Verse 26 says this. The chains fell off of every prisoner. You get that? The chains fell off from every prisoner. I don't know if you get this. The chains fell off from every prisoner because of Paul and Silas's breakthrough. Through, through, their, through your relationship with God, through your focus and your faithfulness, through your prayer and your praise, every chain of those around you shall be broken in the name of Jesus. Someone's getting this or not? You're getting this? You understand that? Through your faithful and your focus, through your prayer and your praise, your others are listening and their chains shall be broken off of them because of your breakthrough. Amen? The jealous woke up. He's about to take a knife and kill himself. But instead, Paul and Silas says, no, wait, we're still here. Wait, I have a chance to minister in Acts 16, verse 34 says, and he, talking about the jailer, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Don't tell me that someone else's breakthrough doesn't hinder on yours. Because if Paul and Silas never received their breakthrough, the jailer never would have been saved. Your breakthrough hinders someone else. We, we, we live off each other because the thing is, if God, the same God we serve today, yesterday, and forever is the same God as Paul and Silas uh, 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 lived with and worshiped and prayed to, and if they experienced breakthrough, guess what, church? We can experience breakthrough as well. Amen? Amen? That is huge. That is huge. And others, there is people that are in bondage that need the chains broken off of them, and it's going to rely on your breakthrough. Amen? Because others are listening, church. This morning we have seen this awesome example of Paul and Silas. Stop trying to reinvent scripture. It's basic. It's there. Just do it. It's hard. I'll be honest. But let's, let, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's not talk about it. 
Let's live it. Let's do it. Because there's souls at stake, your family, your friends, your co-workers, and they're all listening. Again, we first have to have a relationship with God. We got to stay faithful and focused. We got to turn our protests into prayer and our pouting into praise. Amen? And when that happens, let's watch the chains fall. Who's ready for some chains to fall? Amen? Who's ready for some bondage to be released in the name of Jesus? Who's ready to walk in freedom today and get out of the bondage of sin and the bondage of, of, of things that Satan has held over our life that maybe not as sin, but he has placed things in our ears and our minds and they have imprisoned us in our daily walk. It's time for a breakthrough, church. Stand with me as I close in prayer this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord Jesus, and I ask you, Heavenly Father, to forgive us, Lord Jesus, for not having the foundation that we need to, to have to withstand the world we live in today. I ask you, Heavenly Father, for your forgiveness of, of, of sin, Heavenly Father, for us leading people into the, to the negative side and, 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 and talking about the the junk and, 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 and all the, the things that are going on in our world, and it turns into complaining and pouting instead of our praise. Lord, forgive us this morning for protesting you and rejecting you, Heavenly Father, on missions that you want us to go on, Heavenly Father. I'm not talking about worldwide. I'm talking about in our own city, in our own family. Lord, forgive us, Heavenly Father, for rejecting and objecting to your will, Heavenly Father. Lord, forgive us of our pouting, Lord. Forgive us today, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I come before you today, Lord, and I just ask you, Lord, to convict our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, you wrote the Bible, Heavenly Father, and it's an inspirational word of God, and it's alive today. Lord, allow us to stop trying to reinvent it. See, the, 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 the basics of the Bible is, is, is really what it is. Open our eyes, Lord Jesus. We say basic, but you know what? They're so hard to do. I ask you, Lord, forgive us. And Heavenly Father, I, I know there's people watching, Lord. There's people here right now, Lord. But I ask you, Lord, that as our chains start to fall, others are listening, Lord. Lord, ignite a fire in us, Lord, that cannot be contained that is spread, Lord, throughout our family, throughout our friends, throughout the world, Heavenly Father. Use us, Lord Jesus. Use us, Heavenly Father. Set us aflame, Lord. There's too much negative stuff out there, Lord, for the church to hop right on the train and go along with it. I pray, Lord, that what was spoken out of our mouths and the way we live is just Jesus. Just Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Be with us, Heavenly Father, as you're working on us, Lord, in our living rooms, at our desks, at work, maybe, at our cars, wherever it may be at, Lord. Lord, just work on us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for whatever reason, text the number down at the screen, 909-992-1588. Send us an email. Give us a call. Leave us a message on our voice recording. We'll pray with you. 
Uh, send us messages on, on Facebook, YouTube, whatever it may be. And you pray in here, we'll pray for you as well. God bless your church. Don't forget, join us this week on some deep dives. We're going to go heavy this week. God bless you. We'll see you next week.